0: I hear so many birds this morning it is a lovely sunny a bit chilly morning in the netherlands but it is going to warm up later today and i think the birds already know that it's going to be another glorious almost springtime-like day and so they woke up extra early to sing their songs here in the woods These are moments that I treasure, because not always is it this kind of weather in the Netherlands. The winters can be grey and bleak and rainy. The summers, especially for the past few years, have been way too hot and dry. But springtime is full of energy, fresh air and hopefully also blue skies and sunshine. We're waiting for the for the woods to to wake up from their winter slumber as well. Most of the trees that surround me don't have leaves yet. Although sometimes you see this slightly gray brown haze um, that covers the branches, and those are actually the first um, what you call them buds that are starting to to appear on the extremities especially of the smaller trees and then uh, I guess a couple of weeks from now we will see the first um, leaves appear. Flowers are already sprouting from the ground all over the place. We've got the, um, the, the little snow white flowers that can sometimes even grow When it's snowing, um, we've got the crocuses, and then soon the daffodils, and then after that the tulips. Tulips usually in in April. I've planted a few tulip bulbs in my backyard, even though I still hope to um, rearrange that backyard in the months to come. Because it's uh, the one thing that I haven't been able to work on when we were renovating the house we first wanted to do the inside and uh this uh this garden was on my calendar for springtime this year and then probably it's mostly preparation because if you want to plant new flowers and uh, hedges and stuff that's usually done in the fall so it may take two years before we see the end result Gives my life a bit of a Hobbit flavor. (laughs) It's something I've always dreamt about. It's uh, how to live like a Hobbit. Ever since I read The Hobbit and later on The Lord of the Rings as a child, I dreamt of being a Hobbit. And um, seeing that world with my own eyes when I visited the movie set in Matamata on the northern island of New Zealand was a dream come true. I visited the place twice, once when the Lord of the Rings had wrapped filming and uh, they removed all the temporary facades of the Hobbit Holes, but not of course the landscape itself and the Hobbit Holes themselves, they were still there. It was a natural uh, set of hills in the meadows and so they replaced those temporary facades with uh, white hardboard or just planks. So you could still see the shapes, but it didn't have, of course, that same vibe as it has today where, when they were filming the Hobbit movies. They recreated Hobbiton and built it in a more permanent way because they wanted to leave it in place for, for tourists. Or pilgrims, maybe even, because for us Tolkien fans, being able to visit uh, the wonderful world of Middle-earth, even though it's just its earthly incarnation in, uh, in New Zealand, is something that a lot of us um, dream of and sometimes get to do. Like I did a couple of years ago when I visited uh, the Hobbiton set again and this time the experience was even more magical because it looked exactly like in the movies. And um, I often go back in my, in my mind to, the, to that visit, even though it was only one morning. Um, I've been revisiting that place through the photos and the, uh, the videos that I shot there so often that it feels like I've been there for, for months. I also follow the Facebook account of um, the Hobbiton movie set, and so I get fresh updates with beautiful photos um, almost on a daily basis and every time it brings me back to uh, to that place if there is if there's one happy place above all others for me it would be it would be Hobbiton and I think it uh, relates to something I would like to talk about today on the walk, and that is uh, um, a relatively new trend that, of course, is only new as a trend, but not as a phenomenon, and that is the trend of slow mornings. Slow mornings uh, refers to a, a very general concept of taking it easy in the morning instead of uh, rushing to work and grabbing your phone two minutes after you wake up to check your email or uh, social media feeds, and instead um, creating mornings that have some time uh, for you to to get going, some self care, um, small things. It's not about blocking out your calendar for <laughs> every every morning for a couple of hours but it's finding um some time and some space to ease into the day and to prime yourself not for um a a race against the clock to realize an ever-growing list of of uh, commitments and to-dos but instead allowing yourself to enter the flow of things. but with a with a mind and maybe also a mindset that prioritizes um, not production but receiving the, receiving the gift of every new morning and there there is a lot of wisdom in that and for me the the morning in in uh, madamata in on the Hobbiton set uh, is is one of those times in my life where i could where that became tangible. And this was a lifestyle that if I were a hobbit, if this was all there was, like the, the real world wouldn't be there and it would all be uh, Middle Earth, that would be the place where I would opt to live. <laughs> I remember when we we, uh, we went there, so you start in the village of Manamata, you you get your tickets or... Usually you order those via the internet. And in the center of the town, there is this pickup place with a small store uh, with uh, some people working there. You can buy some souvenirs. But that's also where they pick you up with a a, a small bus. And then with about eight or ten other people, you're being driven out on the countryside because, of course, Hobbiton is... is, um, was built in the middle of nowhere literally it was just they were they had been scouting for weeks trying to find uh, a good spot to build Hobbiton and then they saw this meadow um, which was owned by a farmer and still is I think up until today they saw these hills um, and and a beautiful tree that what was then later on became the party tree and it's when Peter Jackson saw that location he fell in love, and he was like, this is Hobbiton. I don't have to build it. It already is. We just need to create the Hobbit houses. And so we drove for about, what would it be, 20 minutes? And then there's a small parking lot, um, which they moved, by the way. I think now uh, they they first uh, first, first it was much closer to the Hobbiton set, and now it's like alongside a road. And there is a, a a building that has a store and a restaurant where you can have your second breakfast after the tour. And then um, a guide usually picks you up for your particular tour that you booked. And then you walk around for, uh, I don't know, about an hour. And the uh, the guides, usually young people, that work from the area that work there, um, maybe not all full-time, and they tell you stories about the set itself and some information about how the movies got made there, some anecdotes. Every guide has a different style, different stories to tell, and of course you've got a lot of Tolkien fans among the tourists that will add their their knowledge to the tour, at least in my case. and. What was lovely about that last time I visited was that there was no rush. It was a very quiet day. I think it was in the middle of the week. And not all the tours had been booked. And so there were only a few groups there. And our guy told us after we had done the official tour that we could stay as long as we'd like. (laughs) There would be a bus that would go back to um, Matamata later on. Are actually several ones, but we would ha- have at least an hour or even more time to just wander about by ourselves without a guide. And I was so happy with that. And that's what I did. I, I was walking among the Hobbit residences. At one time, there was a bit of a drizzle as well. Um, but overall, a very pleasant, pleasant temperature. and And it was empty, so it was very easy to imagine that I lived there in that village. And uh, it changed my my whole perception of the movies. Now, when I go and re-watch Lord of the Rings and, um, and the Hobbit movies, um, it it is exactly the way it was when I visited there. And I remember uh, that there were several moments, of course, I was trying to film as much as I could um, while I was there. Thankfully, the second time I did have my video camera with me the first time I only had a I don't know maybe my not not a phone I think I had um, maybe I had a digital camera one of those old ones but it wasn't charged enough and so it uh, stopped working after (laughs) after one minute which was very frustrating at the time so I only have photos left of that first visit but the second one I have uh, about an hour of footage but I also remember stopping and just standing and uh looking at the the world that surrounded me and listening to the sounds just as I do oftentimes when I'm on the on you know, on my walk here in the forest and I hear some birds and I just stop and like now and just look around and listen to the sound of the of the wind. there's not much wind, and then you've got some birds in the distance and I look at the sunshine that is hitting the 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 leaves of of last year's fall also trying to find some signs of early springtime but in this part of the woods it's uh, it's all still very much in winter mode although i i guess that some of the birds m- must already be preparing uh, their nests so it's these moments of of pure presence. You're not thinking about, oh, I got to get back. I need to catch the ride back to Matamata, What's going on my calendar tomorrow? But it's just, I'm here now. I am in, in Hobbiton. I, I could be here forever. <laughs> and I'm so glad that I took the time to take in those moments of, of bliss and rest. And after walking uh, ...in circles through uh, through Hobbiton. It's actually a lot bigger than you would think it is. I ended up... via uh, yeah, detour. It was this little path... Um, ...that uh, went across the lake... ...or not across... ...around the lake. There's a small lake... ...and there is a, an official bridge that they built. That's the one that leads to the marketplace... ...if you remember... ...and to the uh, the Green Dragon Inn... ...on the other side of that bridge... There is one building at the end of, of the of the bridge, which is uh like a water. Uh, what you call it? Um, a, 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 a water mill. Um, but instead of taking that bridge, I went around the lake on a very small path. I don't think that that is part of the tour, but it was there, and I finally ended up at the the, I think it was the Green Dragon Inn, and when you step in there, and it was, th- at that time, it was already uh, drizzling a bit, and it was this kind of gray mist over the lake, uh, you enter the inn, and then it's all warm and cozy, and uh, the first thing you see is a, a bar with a barman, and uh, they serve uh, a specialty beer that is brewed specifically for the Hobbiton movie set. And, uh, and you can buy a pie. In fact, I think the first pint is included in, your, uh, your, in the ticket price uh, of the visit. And you can just drink your pint and eat your pie in front of the fireplace. So there's this wonderful hobbit-like fireplace. Actually, there are two of them. One bigger one and a smaller one close. There's a cat that actually often sits in front of the fireplace. And uh, there are two comfortable leather chairs. And since it was such a quiet day, both of them were empty. So I sat there and put my foot, my feet, uh, close to the fire. I was having a bite of this pie. And I I was a hobbit at that time. And I will never forget that moment. It was so... Cozy, and ever since I, I, I wish that I could bring back that hobbit's lifestyle. And I know it's in the stories deliberately portrayed as a very calm, um, happy lifestyle without much stress. The only stress is, do you have enough food for for sudden visitors like the dwarves, or if there is a party, who am I going to invite, and how do I get? Stay clear of these these nosy hobbits that also are prone to gossiping and maybe tainting your reputation in the village. But that's very small, small stuff compared to the the huge stress that comes with going on an adventure, which is ultimately, of course, what both Bilbo and then later on Frodo um, end up doing getting out of their their comfort zone. But in all those stories, there's always also a return to Hobbiton. And so I I like that in Tolkien's world, there is a room for both the happy place, the quietness, the slowness, the, the simplicity of a hobbit life, as well as adventure and discovery and heroic deeds and larger-than-life events that these simple hobbits um, engage with. And I think it's part of, of Tolkien's own life philosophy, is that you need both. You, you, th- this is, I think, why the hobbits ultimately play such a major role, because they have this balance of uh, heroism and simplicity. And a sense of adventure um, and, and uh, creativity. After all, if you look at the rings of power, prehistoric times, or not really prehistoric times, those were also part of history, but the the events in the Second Age, you will see that the Harfoots were kind of the predecessors of the Hobbits. and they, But they were much more like the Tooks. <laughs> they... Um, they, they they traveled from place to place. They never stayed in one place for long, and some of that sense of adventure and travel, this the travel wonderlust, is still part of um, of the Hobbit spirit uh, when we meet Frodo and Bilbo uh, so many centuries later. So um, that balance, I think, was already. Uh, dreamed up by, by Tolkien as being uh, just what everybody needs. And in fact, uh, Tolkien, I will get to why this matters to me uh, in a minute, but for Tolkien, um, writing about the hobbits was also writing about himself. and He has often said that he is very much like a hobbit. And there is something that I, I don't think many commentators uh, mention when they write about Tolkien. But it wasn't just because Tolkien liked his, you know, smoking a pipe and then just sitting, reading a book and uh, not liking stress. Uh, but it, it was also for him a source of that creativity. Uh, having this quiet side of his life was oftentimes for him the fertile ground for Writing. ...for coming up with ideas. It's very hard to be creative... ...when you're constantly running behind. When your mind is... ...always... ...focused on the next thing you have to do. If there is this permanent... uh, ...latent stress in your life... ...that pushes you forward... ...you may feel... ...at times in your life... ...that that is what keeps you going... ...and everybody needs a bit of a... ...you know, time pressure... a commitment a deadline and i know from personal experience that that is actually true that that does help very often to keep you going i think this is the end of this road Um, i will go left here i'm going to follow this path for horses which is covered in sand and i'm so glad that we haven't had rain lately so the sand is dry again. This is usually uh, a path that is hard to navigate in uh, in the winter when it's all mud but uh and of course, for horses that's not a problem. but if you're walking here or running as I often do, then um, I tend to avoid these these routes for for horses because they're they're well they're not they're for horses they're not for me. <laughs> But um, having this uh, time constraint or a deadline can help you to, to push yourself a little bit, get out of a rut. But if it's only that, you miss the opportunity to resource your creativity. And it might actually, if, it, if you keep doing, if you keep just living driven by, by, by stress and by commitments. It might kill your creativity. And so I think there's, there's a real wisdom in um, the way Tolkien p- portrayed the, the hobbit life and also made his hobbits return to that source, and to that life, even though, of course, life in, in, in Hobbiton also evolves and changes and they too are affected by the the bigger events in Middle-earth. But... Our heroes return, therefore, for for a reason, because it it rebalances them. And after a life of heroism and crazy adventures and dragons and orcs, it's good to be back. And I love that the stories of Middle-earth end with writing. It it ends where it began, with, uh, if you recall, the... The movies or the, especially the hobbit movie the first one starts with bilbo writing uh his adventures putting them to paper and he's sitting there in his hobbit hole and ultimately sam sam wise will also end up uh continuing this legacy when bilbo has uh, departed and frodo is no longer there but uh but Sam continues to write, even though he was much more of an outdoor guy and uh, working in the gardens and <laughs> spending an inordinate, inordinate amount of time eating or preparing food. But uh, this this uh, very sympathetic Hobbit also discovers um, the joy of telling stories and adding to them. In uh, in in. In in fact, I think in the lore, it is thanks to Sam that we are able to read the stories of Bilbo and Frodo because he finished those stories. Ah, this is a very familiar place for me. This is oftentimes... uh, So I'm going to cross road, and there are one, two, three, four, five roads in all directions, like a star. And uh, there is a triangle of grass here in the middle of, the, of this, this crossroads and from here we often go running um, so I, I know every corner of this place, this is often the, the starting point on Saturdays Saturday mornings when I'm here with my running group uh, I love those Saturday mornings too by the way that uh, th- th- being among uh, b- among friends it's not that I know them personally very well, but they've become uh, buddies because we're all running, and then spending two hours here in the woods, only being able to focus on uh, on, on running and being being outdoors. There's not a car in sight. It is a. Uh, it takes up most of my Saturday morning, which I think in the past I would have. Um, I would. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that because I felt like Saturdays are so important for my productivity. It's when I prepare for the live streams later that day. But, uh, I have actually noticed that if I make room and I, I never miss, almost never, only if I'm injured or I'm on an, on a journey, but otherwise when I'm home, I always want to go here on Saturdays, uh, because it's, uh, It it really energizes me. And weekends, of course, are a mixed bag for me. Now, since I've uh, made that mind shift of considering Saturday as the last day of the week, and so also the day where I wind down, and Sunday as the first day of the week instead of the last day of the week, I actually feel much better about, about wasting time running and being here in the woods on Saturday morning. Um... And I try to keep myself from doing anything on Saturdays. I've not always been able to keep it completely work-free, but um, this is more of a health issue where um, sometimes I, I can't record podcasts because I'm so wiped out and so tired. Uh, and so since I made that commitment to you as a listener to give you new, new podcasts every single week, no matter what happens... Sometimes on Saturdays I do go out and I do record a podcast. Well, usually the walk, I can manage that throughout the week. But the the break is much more produced. And I do a lot of research for that. Well, research, I, I do prepare my notes for that. So sometimes I do that on Saturdays. But all in all, Saturday still now has for me this kind of lazy... Not lazy, because I'm running around here in the woods. Um, I would say this quiet time is a slow day. And it can only be a slow day if I slow myself down to make a deliberate decision to slow down. And I'm not the only one who does this. Um, So as I mentioned at the start of this walk, it's uh, currently, well, actually for a couple of years now, this has been a trending topic slow mornings. It's a bit of a counter movement to um, the frenetic life that many of us suffer from. We all know that that burnout is It's kind of a generic term and maybe it's overused, but the phenomenon of people burning out, not finding joy in their work anymore, uh, uh, not being able to sleep well, feeling constantly uh, under pressure is uh, is affecting like half of the working population today it doesn't always lead to illness and people uh, having to stop working altogether, but it is still affecting the the mind of So, and the lives of so many people all around the world. As you know, I've been a victim myself of a a severe burnout, the start of my life, my active life as a priest. Um, I'm going to turn left here. This road goes downhill and uh, get a beautiful view of the entire forest. Like Yesterday I I went for a very long run, 32 kilometers. It wasn't a a, a day where I I had a lot of energy. The day before, nothing. I was so tired. Um, This is related to sleep as well. So in order to have a slow morning, having a good amount of sleep is is essential. Um, But yesterday I had slept for more than eight hours, whereas the night before... I barely slept at all, and this has to do with with worries and uh, a a bit of a a tricky situation in the parish, where, as you know, uh, Father Mauricio has been appointed as the new pastor of the parish, but he has fallen ill, or at least he had has had to have surgery, Um, and he was recovering from that. The recovery was more well it's taking more more time and so we had to rearrange the the liturgical schedule um, because now uh, well father Mauricio can't can't uh, um, celebrate all these masses uh, he needs more time there's going to be a second um, surgery in April i think um, it's it's very well possible that he will celebrate some masses but we had to make sure that he could step away if necessary um and so instead of uh like finding solutions for every weekend one weekend at a time uh we came together with a few people and we managed to create a new schedule where father eric and i are uh, doing more masses than we usually do um, so that uh, if if Father Mauricio is up to it, he can just take over one of our masses, but if for whatever reason he's not feeling well or uh, he needs a bit of time to recover, and for him, it's all very new as well, so I can imagine that he has to be careful with his um, energy levels, then it's no problem because we can we can cover um, at least the the next two months, but The unexpected side effect of this was that now that I had to cover for a few more Masses during the weekend, I had this very busy weekend, especially the Sunday, where I had two Masses, one early in the morning and one almost in the afternoon. It starts at one, ends at two. It's the International Mass in Wacheninge with the students. And then both times... um, People just wanted to speak with me, we had lots of pastoral conversations. Um, there's a lot going on in, in the lives of uh, the parishioners, and of course, for them, going to church is not just to consume a liturgical um, performance, <laughs> but it is coming together as a community and, uh, and also seeking support. What I did not expect is how much um, the that very busy morning i was I was back home at four o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. I hadn't even had lunch yet and i was I, I left home at what was it a quarter to nine already by bike so it was almost a full working day and especially the conversation the pastoral conversation afterwards and not having all the answers yet, because we, we don't exactly know um, when Father Mauricio will be recovered. And uh, also, the there, there are a lot of small issues uh, going on in the parish uh, as to, you know, how, what's the vision? How are we going to move forward? And, uh, and, and And it's logical that people ask us as priests. At the same time, we don't have the solutions yet. So anyway... I noticed that the fact that that morning, that Sunday morning, was already so busy, and I had to um, get up and running without really having the time to prepare for it. And then afterwards, you arrive back home at four o'clock, had lunch, and then it was evening. Um, there was there was no time to recover from that day, and I I just didn't have that. Um, uh, It had been a long time since I had mornings like that. So, on Monday, I was tired. On Tuesday, I was even more tired. And not just physically tired, but just mentally tired. So, um, I've accepted that. That that is part of my condition right now. Because I, I know that this is very likely to be related to uh, long COVID. I'm trying to balance stuff, but every time I fail to balance my life, I'm reminded that I have to slow down. So that's what I did. And without feeling guilty about it, this is this is where I see my own progress. I was just taking it easy um, and putting extra emphasis on sleeping well. So I went to bed... Uh, um, As soon as my Apple Watch started to play the little um, uh, nighttime song or nighttime melody, I started to wind down and uh, I think on Tuesday evening I was in bed at 10. I didn't immediately fall asleep but all in all I had a very good night's rest and, and that made all the difference. And on the statistics I could see that I had had a like a full night's sleep but didn't wake up that much well of course sometimes you just like one minute or have to go to the bathroom or drink a glass of water go back to sleep but i'd slept more than eight hours almost eight and a half hours and so yesterday morning i felt like i can i can now do that long run that actually was scheduled for sunday but on sunday i immediately knew that this is way too much. I cannot run 32 kilometers after a, a busy morning in the parish like this. Um, and then Monday, Tuesday, same thing. But uh, just, I let it go. Take it easy. Put more emphasis on a bit of self-care. And um, and the, the funny thing is... Uh, it's it's much more kind of listening to your your body listening to the needs of of uh of your body and your mind and then that wednesday morning it was a gorgeous it was like today the sun was shining blue skies i woke up i was so um revived in a way i had a cup of coffee i i still had some bagels that i baked uh, the day before uh, myself which is also a very hobbit hobbit like thing to, to to bake my own bread sometimes um so i was sitting there with my bagels with cream cheese and salmon and i just wanted to go outside i didn't have to push myself but i i just i, I was itching i, I want to go out and so i went for this very long run first In the countryside, normally I go straight to the forest because I love running here, no matter what uh, uh, what season it is. This time I went west, and west is the valley. Um, So this this part of the of the Netherlands is in between a couple of mountains that date back to the ice ages. They were created by these glaciers that uh, were covering uh, most of the country, and so they pushed the the ground up and so it forms like these rows of hills, or big hills, and in the middle it's a valley. So it's not the polder that you may know from the western part of the Netherlands because that's actually below sea level. A polder is where they got rid of the water with windmills and uh, and then started to uh, cultivate the land. But here we are above sea level, but since it is this this part of uh, the region is uh, uh, surrounded by these these hills uh, it 's called a valley, but most of that is now also cultivated land for uh, by farmers um, but it's it 's kind of a bit older countryside smaller farms, not the big ones that you have in the south of the country and so it was lovely i I hardly ever go there, so I ran um, first uh straight west and from there i went south over the one of those hills and at one point i was running in the woods there it's very different from these woods i know these so well now after 2 years uh but there it was the trees were t- much taller and uh, since it was um this this range of hills uh there there were so many beautiful spots where i just had to stop a little bit and just take it in and i'm certainly going to return there and then uh, there you go past a castle like a small castle and then um, uh, i ended up at the river this is old r- river um the old i th- think they call it the old rhine and if you follow the river south uh or actually southeast you end up in Wageningen uh the town where Uh, Father Henry used to live and Father Mauricio will soon um, have his rectory and so uh, a great morning but it was wonderful to be able to just uh, even though I was running to take it slow to spend a few hours that are not necessarily productive in the sense that if I'm running I cannot produce I I cannot record anything I didn't have this uh, recorder with me when I'm running. I don't want to carry anything with me. Um, but uh, I was able to think. I was able to go over and, and, and in free form. It wasn't like, oh, today I want to figure out what my schedule is going to be for the next two months. No, it was, I was just in this kind of free thinking mode where my mind could go wherever it wanted to go. And when I came back home, I, I realized that I was full of energy and uh, full of creative energy again. The run that lasted more than three hours had purged my my mind of all that that pressure of like oh, oh I need to start planning I need to I've got so many things that I need to do instead, I was very calm and um, and I felt like just like I felt before the run, I felt ready to tackle whatever I wanted to do. and so uh in the evening, there was this uh um, this this thing that i I wanted to do I've, and that is to stream. A live watch party of The Mandalorian, the Star Wars series that premiered this week. And I'd done this uh, with The Book of Boba Fett, which I think was last year. And um, back then, I forced myself to wake up early and stream... This viewing party, which is basically, I, I'm filming myself watching the series. Of course, I cannot stream the, the TV show or the audio of it online because that would uh, cause all sorts of uh, copyright issues. But I can film myself and comment while I'm watching. That's the idea, and then people can watch that live. Or later on, uh, thanks to a countdown, they can sync my reaction to the television episode but last year I've, i i was still in that mode that was very much the opposite of the hobbit life that i described where i was pressuring myself to live the most efficient work life possible and i I'd scheduled everything in my calendar. I worked, I've talked about that here on the show, where I, uh, I had a, a specific Google calendar with big gray blocks that told me what I should do during uh, all the, the waking hours of the day. And it started at 5 in the morning, and it went all the way up to, I think, 9 o'clock, and every single minute was accounted for. And it was tailored to both um, manage my energy levels, because every day only had uh, six hours of work instead of eight. Uh, But then I also squeezed in a lot of things that I labeled as spare time, but secretly it was all work-related. So I scheduled like an hour per day where I had to watch a television show and take notes. So I could make videos about it and reviews. And then uh, there were like um, Lego live streams that were labeled as spare time activities, but it's a live stream. It's, it's work. I just didn't want to acknowledge that that too was work. But it was mostly the pressure of having that, um, that schedule, that template that I actually thought was going to help me, but it became such a burden and also such a, a harness almost that it ended up killing creativity and paralyzing me. Because if I told myself, okay, so I just had the prescribed 25 minutes of lunchtime and now I need to sit here and read a book for 25 minutes. That's how detailed everything was planned i and then exactly at 2 o'clock th- it's that's the start of my 2 hour block of editing i noticed that if i would have had lunch i sat down to read a book i couldn't focus on the book because my mind was already like running in circles like oh i need to start editing and i'm already behind because i i wasn't able to focus last yesterday so now I'm, gonna not, I'm not going to meet my target. I also have to record these podcasts, and I haven't done the show prep, etc., uh, etc. Et so having this, um, what was meant to be a template, became a harness, and it killed my creativity. So I started to verge away from that schedule more and more, until I barely even looked at it anymore. But I still had it. Every day it appeared on my calendar, As a reminder of this is what you wanted to do, have a super productive life and it starts at 5 in the morning. (sighs) So I forced myself last year, when The Book of Boba Fett was premiering, to do watch parties the second after the episode became available online, which was, I think, midnight Pacific Time. So I'd be sitting there at 9 o'clock in the morning, refreshing my browser, until I saw that the episode went live, then I went live, and I would watch the episode first thing in the morning, even before having breakfast. I would dress up, take a shower, and and put my clothes on. Um, By the way, now I'm thinking... uh, So here is a, uh, a bike lane... And I th- uh, have to remember where this ends up. No, I think I'm just going straight through because I, if I go to the right here and follow the bike lane, I'll end up east of where I should be. So that's that's too much of a detour. Um, anyway. So and then after I had aired uh, the 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 watch party. I would feel the pressure to also sit down and prepare like a podcast episode and a review and I would do a video and that would take all day. Sometimes I would even um, work into the the evening. So I continued to work until, I don't know, like eight o'clock at night to finally post that video on YouTube. And these videos did very well because they were topical. You know, everybody's looking for reviews of that particular episode. And so I felt that pressure of like, I need to do this every week. But at the end, I started to run out of steam and also out of motivation to do it. And I started questioning myself, do I, is this my thing, you know? Instead of this being me sharing my joy of loving Star Wars and having a blast doing that, I feel that this is a chore and I, I, I cannot even reach the level of quality of, of most other um, YouTubers that are specializing in Star Wars. So why bother? I, yeah, I, I do get a couple of thousand views, but is this is not taking off in the same way as, for instance, uh, what I did with anime on TikTok. And that I'm also, by the way, now trying to transfer a bit to YouTube because of all the uncertainty as to the the future of TikTok as a platform, especially in the United States. There's a lot of pressure to ban TikTok altogether. And um, so, anyway, for me, the platform is secondary. (laughs) It's more, how do I get my my communities to transfer, to migrate? Uh, And I think the best way is to just cross posts on multiple platforms so i don't become the victim of one platform shutting down and then losing everyone but uh, anyway so at the at the end of the year i felt like you know what i'm done with being the star wars priest <laughs> it's, but then what and i think that um this this imposter syndrome that I was certainly feeling uh, because I felt like I cannot keep up with all these other YouTubers that are so... That's the only thing they do in life. So I, I, this is just one of the balls that I'm trying to juggle. Um, but the imposter syndrome itself, I think, was a symptom of this frenetic lifestyle where I was putting so much pressure on myself instead of... Realizing that the true source of creativity is when you take in things yourself. It's self-care and a good life-work balance and having moments of, of joy that are not work-related at all. Moments of peace and meditation. All that is, for, is the necessary foundation for a creative life for creative work and um, if you put yourself under pressure and sometimes I do and I do it deliberately I set myself deadlines like a goal is a dream with a deadline I used to say and it's it's there's truth to that to that but I feel that what I neglected to do you can do that every once in a while but it requires you to already have the ideas that you want to realize. And then you put some pressure, okay, let's do this. But the actual creation starts in a different, in a different um, environment. Hold on, does this work? I think it does. <laughs> I have to explain what just happened. Um, my recorder stopped recording. It actually, it shut down. Um, I hadn't recharged the batteries, but I felt like they were probably gonna uh survive another recording of the of the walk because I'd only used them once, but apparently, if it's very cold outside, battery power um diminishes as well, so in the middle of me recording the walk, uh the whole device shut down um and hopefully. Well, you know that by the, by by now I've been able to recover the file because i I think it should still be there, but I'm continuing on my phone i'm using the the voice memo app that I never use um, to finish uh my my train of thought otherwise i'm going to leave you with a, a, a truncated episode so uh thankfully i I have my phone on me. it's always good to have it back up. Next time, I'll think of taking a a second set of batteries with me, which is something I always do when I'm filming, because this happens also when you're in the middle of an interview. And let's say I'm I'm, I'm having this wonderful interview with Pope Francis, uh, exclusive, uh, where he talks for the first time about how much he loves the Mandalorian, and then halfway through the interview, I run out of batteries. You don't want that to happen either. So... um, I always have at least two spare batteries with me whenever I go filming. For some reason, with uh, podcasting, I, I never think of that. Oh, uh, well. So I was talking, I was wrapping things up anyway. But about these slow mornings and about this whole movement, um, I think it is because we are, we've, we've all been in this, this crazy uh, time of our life especially with COVID, where it turned everything upside down our whole way of working it's hard to kind of bring that back to mind because we tend to forget very quickly how crazy that time has been but for many of us it, it may it uh, it changed our entire work life and for for many of us it was also a time where we had to strain ourselves to uh, keep doing what we were doing, and sometimes also to find new ways of working. And um, I think the whole uh, burnout problem was already an issue before COVID, but COVID definitely made it worse. Oh, it's nice. I'm entering this open space here. It's a, a grassy field in the middle of the woods, and it's sheltered by the trees, so there's no wind, and it's so warm all of a sudden, this is where you feel that the sun has power there's a plaque here that is new, and it says that this open pla open space in the woods um, used to have a small a small uh, a cottage for the the person who worked here in the woods, and he had a field where he was cultivating um um, uh, his, uh, his own vegetables like potatoes and grain and uh, lettuce and that sort of stuff. So it's funny that... And he even had sheep also walking around here in the middle of the woods. There's a very old black and white photo that shows you that probably where I'm standing now was where you had this kind of small farm-like house. There's a child standing or posing in front of the house funny i love how they bring us back to uh to the past i i I wasn't aware of that i did this was kind of always a bit of an awkward spot in the woods but now the woods are owned by this big organization that protects natural reserves like this one and and maintains it so I guess when that photo was taken a hundred years ago, this was all probably private property of various people. So these uh, quiet mornings, I think, are for many people a way to reclaim um, their lives. And it, it doesn't require much. That, that's what I started off with uh, in the walk with uh, the, the, the lifestyle in the, the fictional shire of these hobbits, it didn't mean that they didn't work or that they never had adventures, but they had a starting point and they had a place to return to where life was back to its core constituents, the things that, was, the, the things that, that are the most important in your life, um, where you re- recharge, where there's time to cook and have a good meal, where you can wake up without immediately feeling the stress of slaying dragons or evading orcs. And poor Bilbo and Frodo must have been so unhappy during their journeys and, and missed the calm mornings in the Shire. So how, how do you realize a slow morning? I don't know. It's, it's, uh, for everyone, it's going to be different. I can tell you what I do in the morning. Uh, first of all, I've uh, let go of, um, of this over- overarching schedule that forced me to always wake up at five, no matter if I would slept well or not. I still like early mornings, but it is because the, when you wake up early, you don't feel the pressure. There's not much traffic outside. You, you, you don't, especially if you can avoid... Uh, checking your email you can carve out a bit of uh, space that no one else will claim so it, it, that's, that's the advantage of waking up early but I don't force myself to do so for me it's much more important to make sure that I've had enough sleep because the days that I haven't um, it's usually a lost day I can still work. I can still function, but I'm not creative, and I feel exhausted at the end of the day. Whereas the days that I have a good night's sleep, like last night, uh, I have energy now. <laughs> I'm creative. I, I I don't stress out when my recorder stops working. <laughs> Instead, we'll just continue on the phone. And well, you know what? I feel <laughs> I feel totally it. At, at peace with, uh, um, with the situation and I keep enjoying my walk so th- this is this all part of protecting my sleep so that's more important than waking up always at five o'clock and then maybe being drowsy throughout the day so what I do now is I try to go to bed um, when my phone nudges me to do so by the way that's still uh, like there 's forty five hours of margin forty five hours sure forty five minutes of margin <laughs> so it 's not that i 'm forcing myself because then I would put pressure on myself i 'm not forcing myself to be in bed exactly at ten but it 's it becomes a bit of a the rhythm of the day and like make sure that i 've had a quiet evening and then I, I, it, it, I, the day is done, you know, I've done what I wanted to do. I don't feel this guilt like, oh man, there's still so much else I need to do. It's, it's time to go to bed. And then sometimes I still don't sleep very well. And that is not always, um, it's not always possible to avoid that because of well, what I mentioned, the situation in a parish where all of a sudden I'm, I, I get too much input too many people want to talk with me and I realize that it's still these stories and these questions are still occupying my mind so I can't sleep that well but when I wake up in the morning I usually ask very quickly I've got this little Google device in my room what time is it and then I try to calculate okay so it's uh, it's six o'clock in the morning but I haven't slept eight hours yet. So I'm going to quickly drink a glass of water because usually I'm dehydrated in the morning and I'll try to sleep at least one more hour. And that's what I do. So I go back to bed. I sleep about an hour. I almost always wake up before eight and then um, I take my time to, um, to, to warm up so I go to the kitchen, make myself a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Um, I, I eat my breakfast and I use my iPad, and I, but I don't check my email. Actually, the email app is somewhere hidden on one of the many pages I have on my iPad. But instead, I usually just uh, either I listen to a podcast or uh, sometimes I rewatch a few clips from uh, late night show or something that makes me laugh. So like This morning I was watching bloopers from the office and it, I was laughing out loud in the morning. I had a huge smile on my face and I, I don't regret using electronics in the morning uh, if it's not work-related. And so this, this put me in a super good mood. I was so much enjoying those bloopers and once you start watching one... You- you want to watch them all. And so I had a very cheerful um, breakfast. And then usually I migrate to the the table on the other side of the living room. It's actually a picnic table um, that in the summertime I have outside. But now it's in front of the window. And I usually when the sun is shining like this morning, um, it shines straight on that table. And it's a very comfortable place to do some journaling and that's what I do. So I just sit down and I do the long form journaling where I just write down a few thoughts, Um, but I don't do any planning yet. So the bullet journal usually is something for later on when I sit at my desk and I start working, that's when I start to write down, okay, um, this is what I wanna do today and this was what I planned to do yesterday, but I'm gonna move it to some other day. And just sitting there again, Um, having some quiet time and some uh, self-care makes all the difference and it doesn't have to take very long but to just sit there enjoy the sunshine being grateful for having that small moment of uh, of free time where I can just write down whatever is on my mind it helps me to um, Maybe even to change the pace of my brain in a certain way. And uh, I've, I've noticed that, especially yesterday when I was doing the, the, the watch party, um, and now with Star Wars being back this morning too, the first thing that came to mind after I got dressed and uh, was ready to go was, this is going to be an awesome day. I'm looking forward to recording the walk and I'm, I feel creative enough to start writing some scripts for um, uh, the, the kind of the in-depth analysis of Star Wars, uh, but I'm not going to, um, again, set myself impossible goals. Um, I, I write down ideas, but without a deadline, deliberately. Like, oh, I could do this, I could do that. But not what I used to do was I would sit down and, oh, I've got six ideas. Let's see if I can cram in uh, six videos um, that should be finished before dinner time. <laughs> oh, but wait a minute. I also have to record the break. So I also need to... And then I would start to add all these to-dos to my list. Knowing very well that... I would never be able to realize all of that in one day. And that would leave me exhausted at the end of the day. And and also discouraged. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't meet my goals. What are people going to say? <laughs> in fact, nobody knows that I was going to do that. So the only person to put pressure on me is me. Instead, I wrote down these ideas. And then I... I told myself, Hey, I love this weather. I'm going to go outside and record the walk and we'll take it from there. And, uh, of course it's always about prioritizing as well. I know that the break, um, is next on my schedule because for the past two weeks, I've been recording that on Saturday and even on Sunday last time. And that is way too late. That is a sign that my week wasn't balanced enough. I want to get to the point where I always record these podcasts in the middle of the week or maybe even a bit earlier in the week so I don't have to worry about it and I know that I've, uh, that I've uh, met my commitment uh, that I made to you as a listener. And then if I have energy left and I actually I'm quite optimistic about that because I had another good night's sleep and I started this morning slow. Um, now, maybe I will record a, a short video or two or three. But it's, I'm not putting myself under pressure. That's all still in the realm of... And it, it should be in the realm of uh, something I love to share. And the moment I don't love to share it anymore... It's not worth doing it, I believe. Because then it, it will... It will become a burden, and that kills creativity. I've, I've learned from my past experiences. Uh, this is one of the th- reasons that I haven't posted new short videos on TikTok and YouTube lately. Is because I, I just felt at the beginning of this year that I needed... Hey, buddy. Hi, <laughs> hey. hi. So, it's not the recorder. The dog also reacts to me holding a phone while recording it's probably just having something in my hands (laughs) and the dogs think that i'm gonna throw it so they can retrieve it Uh, no sir (laughs) this is my precious iphone i will not throw that away oh more dogs running towards me Ooh, i thought well they're running past me They, they have to run uphill oh this is a whole group of dogs there are like 8 of them even more 10 <laughs> We a... So this must be one of those um, uh, services that walk other people's dogs this lady has I think about 10 dogs that she is running or she's walking right here so um uh, the, when i when i 'm struggling to post content, that for me is is a sign that I have to uh, relax a bit more and take a step back and take the pressure off um, it doesn't mean that i don't have ideas and that i don't have uh, work to do or, <laughs> or that I will just sit uh, and do nothing uh, for for an entire day but I want my work to be fueled by energy and, and enthusiasm, and that is part of what I do It's why people follow me on social media it's because i i I hopefully spread some joy and happiness. But if I am miserable doing that, then something needs to change right so slow mornings uh, I would say if you have the opportunity, go for it, and you may think, well, I have to wake up super early because I have traffic. I uh, I don't, I'm not in charge of my own schedule. Well, that's where the idea of maybe waking up a little bit earlier to to carve out some space that of course also requires you to go to bed earlier. Otherwise it won't work. But um, that's what I would do is is to see if you can, move your clock a little bit, even if it's just half an hour earlier. So if, you, if every morning for you is a rush, and it's stressed, uh, or if you have kids, it's like, oh, they also bring a lot of stress in the morning because you feel yeah, it's your responsibility to get them to school in time. Um, maybe wake up half an hour before they do. So that you can spend a little bit of time for yourself. Um, maybe take a few minutes to meditate. Have a calm cup of tea. Sitting in the sun. <laughs> reading uh, a few pages of your favorite book. I don't know. Whatever whatever works for you. With something that is not linked to obligations and to-do lists and pressure and stress. Um, cherish cherish these moments and always remind yourself that that is what bilbo would do (laughs) what would bilbo do (laughs) that's a good way to start off every morning anyway it's time for me to uh, see if i can salvage these recordings and patch them together my apologies for the (laughs) the change in audio quality Um, and i will talk to you soon see you and have a wonderful week God bless.